Only an asshole doesn't like pineapple. My name is Matthew Kroll. And vaya con Dios, amigo. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film that used to be a TV show, but now is on a streaming service in your living room, El Camino. Wait, no, the film never used to be a TV show. The, the TV the, show the used TV to be a TV show. The TV show used to be a TV, TV show. show. This is the sequel slash ending to the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no. The, there's I mean, a lot of different ways you can look at this. There's a, there's a lot of TV shows that have been turned into movies. Yeah. Uh, have you got any... I mean, like, you know, like The X-Files, South Park, The Simpsons. I know. There's a bunch. Veronica I mean, Mars, uh, Firefly. Firefly, yeah. Is I there mean, anything that, like... Well, first of all, hello, Shahir. Hey. Hello, audience. Hello, ah, everyone. We're not interested. We, we are interested. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, okay, wait. Side Sidetrack. Yeah, sidetrack. Yeah, yeah. Sidetrack. I got to yeah. get some little personal info here. Okay, right? sure. Shoot. Do you listen to podcasts at normal speed? Yeah. What you, kind of what kind of asshole doesn't listen to podcasts at normal speed? I'm kidding. If you listeners are listening to us sped up, wow, what do I sound like sped up? I listen to you sped up. Why does it, when I'm when I'm doing uh, podcast reviews like quote uh, QCs of our episodes, I listen to us. Uh, you do QCs of the episodes? Of course I do. Weird. Uh, I, I mean, I do them, but I edit them. So. Well, but but I do them at the three times the speed. Um, so we sound like little chipmunks. But no, I I listen to pod uh, discussion podcast, news podcast, anything that. It's not produced where pacing is critical. Oh, I think pacing for us is very critical. You think so? Yeah. yeah right now, pacing is critical. Well, I think we're going to speed right up now, yeah, and then slow right down, no, and then pace those right were both up, the same speed, and then slow right. Okay, up. and then pick it right up, and then pick it right up. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, go. No, but the reason I asked that question is Netflix is currently, as of today, trialing uh, an option where you could watch movies at different speeds. Weird. Yeah. Uh, and, and to which I say, no, thank you. Uh, not because I don't think it's an interesting idea. And it's certainly, look, I, I'll be completely honest. If, uh, you know, one of the headlines was Netflix are trialing uh, op- optional speeds for serial killers, uh, people who are clearly not well. Um, and I was like, uh, raising my hand, and I was like, I, sir, am one of those people. Um, no, I, I do. I listen to podcasts at double speed, um, and I watch YouTube videos at double speed. You are a weirdo. I, I like YouTube videos definitely, without a doubt, and it's for the exact reason to to bring this into a meta conversation right now of what it is we're doing, which is like, for example, tutorial videos or um, videos where I'm just trying to get information really quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hear the host kind of like, "Hey, what's it?" You know, like, "It's your boy Shahir Dowd, bringing you another episode about the only podcast about movies where you can reach us at yada." But that's what we do every week. That is what we do every week. But and I, I and, and what I'm saying is. Uh, when I want to like, you know, when, you know, watch a tutorial or get some information and it's not a podcast or show that I follow, I just want to skip past all of that stuff really quick. Yeah. But what I do is I just click to it. I don't speed through to even, get even there. the content. Like, so I watch, uh, um, you know, like, uh, one of my, uh, things is I'm a motion graphics designer, um, is I watch, um, motion graphics tutorials in triple speed. Okay, but like a lot of times those tutorials themselves are doing exactly what you said, doing like four minutes of preamble to yeah. get there. But what I do is I just click past the four minutes of preamble and but watch even the it content, at, at I, will, I will watch it uh, huh. at double or triple speed. Just because uh, like I, I want to just get the essence of what's being said really quickly. You know, like I want to understand exactly what's being said very quickly and then move on. I, maybe I just can't uh, register the information or doesn't re- maintain uh, as easily when when listened to in that in that manner because I don't do it. And I believe me, I would love to save the time. Do you know why? Um, I, I think it's a skill I learned as a video editor at uh, Television New Zealand. Um, we had to, uh, we would get, you know, like, um, 
uh, say, a 10-minute clip from uh, the, the field, and we'd have to cut it down to 30 seconds, and we'd have uh, maybe 20 minutes to do it. And so I would just speed through it really quickly. I got, you know, and, and also the thing, the, there was a really weird skill that I learned, which is how to listen to footage backwards. Um, so I'd be oh, I can to, do that to get timing and stuff down. Yeah, yeah, so I can like play something backwards and know what was being said and yeah. find the endpoint. Yeah, know, I uh, can do that. And then and then play. Yeah, you know, I'd watch the clip really quickly, speed through it very very quickly. I so can, speed. So there was just kind of this thing that I learned. So here's here's the, the I guess the disconnect for me. I can do all of those things you're talking about from an editing perspective. Like if I'm going through footage or trying to get things done in a, in a timely manner, I can 100% listen to double triple speed to get to a point. In fact, when I'm even editing this, I listen to bits of it in that way because yeah. I need to get to a point at, at, at a quickly amount of time. I don't. I don't think that I have ever for leisure or information beyond something I am creating listened to something at a multitude multiplier of speed because I want to basically whether or not and and this look I'm not saying that every video that teaches you how to do something on YouTube uh <laughs> is as thought out and should mm. be not listened to at that double speed but like I do think there is something um you know with the intent of what is being created and the discussion that is happening etc I I just find for di- discussion podcast in particular like ours um that that uh I just want to get through it quickly I just well, yeah, people, and people I, out I, there yeah Write us in. Let us know what speed you listen to us at uh, at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or onlymoviepod on Twitter. And do we sound better or worse? I mean, they won't know because they only listen at that yeah, one speed. No, no, Is no. it a Pe- varying people, speed? People can do multiple things. It, does it slip? Like, like, do you start? Like, wouldn't it be great if, like, it started at normal speed, but then out on an actual like curve, it sped up? You know, if, by the, the, if the iPhone still had the uh, the wheel. Oh, remember and, the wheel? And that, no, the could, iPhone and you, didn't. The, uh, iPad, the, the iPod. iPod did. Uh, if the iPod still had the wheel, you could like speed it up and uh, play, you know, and slow it down just like you can with it. It made clicky wheel. noises. It was fun. Other news this week that I thought was interesting: uh, the Joker is the highest rated R rated movie, surpassing Deadpool. Well. It was a good run, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> uh, I saw that they did do a fun little poster uh, to them, and, and Ryan Reynolds posted it, and it said, uh, "It said like uh, it just said it's like, hey, fuck you or something." And it was like <laughs> <laughs> that was like the the uh, the nice thing or whatever. And then it, Ryan Reynolds posted, and it said from, and then all the different characters like Deadpool, Pennywise, mm-hmm. like all these different R-rated characters. And he wrote like, "Yeah, we congratulate each other a little differently over here, uh, like on the dark side, yeah. on the R side." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. Sure. It's a thing. Uh, if you've seen it uh, more than one time, let us know at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Or Especially don't. if you're imagining, or, or imagining uh, your neighbors or things like that. Or yeah. don't. Don't, don't hit us up. You're, you're done with the Joker? I think I'm done with the Joker. Yeah? I mean, look, if you'd like to, please write us in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, if it's about Joker, I'm probably not going to read it at this Whoa, point. Wow. Oh, well, no, that's not true. <laughs> I, if it's if it's a, no, I will read it. That's a mean <laughs> thing to say. I take that back. I just don't know if I'll, uh, depending on. Will you read it at double speed? Is yeah, that, I'll read it. I promise to read it at double speed. No, I just think I've said everything. People, you know what it is? Yeah. <laughs> when you host a movie podcast, as as prevalent as the only one you're listening to, um, People in your purview in your life are consistently asking you about films, and <laughs> and while while I normally like that, the only questions I've gotten about any films in the last month or so has been my take on Joker, hmm. and I am sick of talking about it because there's not that much to talk about. We did two episodes on it, and it was very fun. I liked the actual things. I feel like we got like we put it to bed hmm. in that. In that tucked it in. thing, we tucked it in. Gave it some milk. Yeah, yeah. So bring on. Put the pillow over its face. Bring on Robert Pattinson's <laughs> Batman, you cowards! Uh, well, speaking. Oh, of- oh, uh, 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 Kravitz is going to be Catwoman. Yeah, 
I'm very pumped for that. Oh, uh, cool. I think it's going to be very, very good. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, 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 I like the idea Matt Reeves is doing it. Um, yeah. I like the idea. I, I, it's, it's, I'm getting into the sort of um, Spider-Man conundrum that I had with Spider-Man, which is like, mm, I, I, I hope you do something interesting with this because I don't need, I don't really need another Batman movie in my life. Yeah, same. Uh, and I'm a big Batman fan. I just like <laughs> Robert Pattinson. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna transcend. He's gonna transcend. He's gonna he's gonna jump out of the suit. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna surpass the suit. Yeah. Do you think he will be the definitive Batman? I who, think I who, think he'll be the suit. He will be the suit. <laughs> no, I just think I think he's a great actor. Uh, I I think he'll bring something at least hopefully interesting to it from a younger perspective. Okay. Quick one sentence answer. Who is the definitive Batman for you? Oh, the defin- uh, uh Kevin Conroy. Oh, good answer. Good yeah. answer. Good yeah. answer. Okay. I mean, a hundred percent. It's there's no no one else is I as iconic in that role. I that just that is a very good answer. That would make me reconsider my answer. What is your answer, Christian Bale? Because because and my only reasoning is he's in the best movies. He's supported by the best movies. I do. I am a sucker for Keaton. Yeah, Keaton's great. <laughs> Keaton's great. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> and those movies are great. I like yeah. the I like the Burton Keaton uh, collab. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, no more Batman news. Uh, I did a Twitter poll to ask about the next four movies that we're most likely going to be oh, doing. Oh, good. Well, so obviously, El Camino won. El Camino came in. Did last, oh. and which is why we're doing it this week. What? Um, we have um, some we have some scheduling coming yeah, we up. Have we some had scheduling issues. So yeah. yes, we will. I, I and I did preface this to this uh, this Twitter poll with a with a we will probably be doing all of these at some point. Uh, it's just a case of which which ones are you most excited for, and uh, people are most excited for Bong Joon Ho's Parasite. Which nice. I am super. Uh, well, no, let me put it this way. I am excited because it's Bong Joon Ho. I have avoided every possible. Uh, piece of information about this movie. Actually, hard same for yeah. once in my life. I did that. But then also, what, Lighthouse is out and also Jojo Rabbit were the other ones? These are the other t- uh, two, or the other, yeah, two on our poll, which was The Lighthouse and Jojo Rabbit and El Camino. Jojo Rabbit was leading for a long time. It was nick and nick between uh, Parasite and Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Jojo Rabbit uh, came in, uh, slipped to number two. Hot tea coming at you real hot, real fast. You ready for this? Okay. I like Twitter polls. I think they're super fun, and if you put a Twitter poll up, I will always vote on it. Well, it's, it's like the least commitment of effort, right? It's the best! I love it so much. I do it for some of the streams on Extra Credits, and I I, I love that you're doing it on the on this one. It's just it's just nice because it is. It's it's I, We're not asking too much of your time, or, 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 or you're not asking too much of mine when this is interaction, but like it, there's fun little things to choose. I don't know. I just how can really we make like this it. more complicated for people? How can we make it more of an investment of their time? No, I want less. Oh wow! It, it's it's the equivalent of chiming in at double speed. There you go. That's fair. I'll buy that. Uh, we also got a couple of uh, emails in, and all uh, emails on Gemini Man this week, uh, including a voicemail <laughs> from Zachary. Is it double uh, speed? Uh, oh, should we play it back at double speed? No. Oh, let's do that. No. Let's, let's play it back at double speed. Gemini no. Man! <laughs> Here we go. Uh, here's Zach chiming in on Gemini Man. Hey, guys. Just listened to the Gemini Man review. I thought it was really good. Uh, Will was a great guest. Guys had a really interesting conversation, and I loved listening to it. In terms of Gemini Man itself, I did not like the movie one bit. The dialogue was really bad, and I just couldn't take it. It's the only time I've ever walked out of a movie theater, which is unfortunate. I didn't actually make it to any of the major fight scenes with uh, the Fresh Prince versus Will Smith, but I found that I also was not the only one. There were other people that were walking out of the movie with me and in other showings, so I was not the only person, and I wanted to ask you guys if you had any comment on that thanks again for what you guys do have a great night 
so so Jim and a man spawned Zach to leave. Yeah, first time ever. Wow. Uh, Zachary, I've never really? walked out of a movie. Oh. I don't think ever. What okay, okay, let's make let's broaden the horizon a little bit. Yeah. Have you like turned off a movie at home? Yes. Can you can you recall what one one might? It was uh, Hangover Three. Ooh, Todd, another Joker hot take. Right I, there. Hot take? No, not not just a Joker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Hangover Three was so atrocious. I was watching it, and it's the only time I can remember just being like, there were uh, so many other things I could do with my time. Like I was just like, why am I watching this? This is not enjoyable. Wow. Uh, however. I have sat through plenty of films that I have had that same thought, but because I am at the theater and because I pay, I, I plunked my hard-earned American ducats down, mm. uh, I, I stuck it through. Okay. Um, so I, in a way, I kind of admire Zach for, for walking out of a film he, he, he did not like. Yeah. Um, Although if he paid the, the money for the high frame rate and walked out, you dude. You, I mean, at that point, I, yeah. I, would, I would, I mean, basically what I did was <laughs> I turned it into like an educational thing where I was trying to like check out technical stuff as opposed to the film itself because the film itself obviously did not... Uh, Hold uh, narrative interest water. Yeah, narrative interest water. Uh, as far as narrative interest water go, the movie has not done well theatrically, uh, pulling in a, a domestic gross of uh, thirty-eight million and an international gross of eighty-three million, uh, bringing it to a worldwide total of one hundred twenty-two against a hundred and thirty-eight budget, not including marketing. Uh, this is a very expensive uh, marketing budget. Yeah, we don't know what the marketing budget for that film is, um, and. Um, and James Cameron has come out and spoken uh, that he doesn't think HFR is really uh, all that either, um, which is funny because he's kind of the guy. He's kind of the HFR guy. Um, well, he was. He's kind of the 3D guy who who spoke about the the potential for HFR, and uh, and uh, now it looks like you know he, he the way he speaks about it, it's going to be a tool set at some point. Uh, personally, only movie I've ever walked out on, and it's not because I wanted to. Uh, but because uh, this is when I was 16 years old, a bunch of people, a bunch of friends went to a movie, um, you know, opening night on a Friday. We ended up being the only people in the theater. And the movie was Tombstone, the Val Kilmer sure, film. Yeah, sure, And, and uh, Kurt Russell. And uh, I've always wanted to go back and watch it. Um, but we, You've never gone back and watched Tombstone? Watched Wait, it. so why did you leave the theater? It, uh, we, like, it was like, you know. 12 rowdy teenagers in a movie and we we're by ourselves and you know we watched we, nobody was watching the movie uh oh so you just left so we just left uh and but i have always wanted to go back and watch the movie but i have not done so yet i um, like tombstone too. yeah so i've heard tombstone yeah. is excellent I well hear the, the final shootout is uh i superb. think i think as far as like if that's i mean the, the, it's everyone's own personal choice whether or not they want to do that or not i think you, you, t to be honest you've spent your money you can do whatever you want so long as it's not interrupting anyone else who spent their money on the experience and if that thing that you want Zach, is to leave that damn movie because it's just infuriating you or boring you enough, uh, then yeah, go, more power to you. I think in this you. case, as much as I, I, uh, I am not a person who likes to walk out of movies, I, I don't think, Zach, you missed out on anything. No, you didn't. Yeah, um, you will not have a Shahir Tombstone situation. Yeah, where I'm like, I want to go back and watch that movie. No, in, in 20 years, yeah. you will not go back and be like, oh, I wish if it's... only... I had stayed through the middle portion of Gemini Man. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, fun story with Zach. Zach has written to us before and uh, has informed us that he is going to be starting his own podcast called The Screenwriter's Night. But he started it, didn't he? He did start yeah. it the other night. I based, heard it. Based off of one of our episodes, uh, he uh, uh, maybe I'm taking too much credit here, but, but, but he did tweet us. <laughs> Shahir is saying that everything you've done, Zach, is based on him. <laughs> uh, but what he did tweet us about this, and I, and I really love this, uh, you know, he, he tweeted that based off of our review of, of uh, See, you to, uh, See You Yesterday. Yep. Uh, that he decided to watch the movie. He loved it so much that he decided it was time to start his podcast. It was excellent. I retweeted it, uh, and I and I tagged uh, the director Stefan Bristol in the in the retweet. And Stefan Bristol replied to Zach uh, awesome. and saying saying thank you for reviewing the film, uh, which I thought was just wonderful. I think the the podcast is wonderful. It's called The Screenwriter's Nightmare. Uh, please check it out. Yes. Uh, from listener Zach, and we will um, we'll take those royalty checks in uh, in the mail. Thank you. You have to send them through the transdimensional gate. Way though, because we are the only one, the only, only podcast well, about movies. About screenwriters, maybe I guess so. Uh, that's a that's a that's a multiverse stretch here. But yeah. Zach, congratulations on the podcast. Everyone should please go check that out. Um, next up, we have Jacob writing in. Yep. Uh, more Gemini Man. More Gemini Man. More Gemini Man. Jacob says. <clears throat> Does the artist or critic need to care about the most prevalent form of consumption of artistic work or only the intended form? I thought your small discussion on this was quite interesting. That was a question from Red, a uh, friend of the yeah. show, Red Charzen, uh, on Gemini Man podcast. Uh, quite interesting, especially with how quickly Shahir seems to dismiss being concerned with the most prevalent form of consumption. I actually love it when artists try to give tips about how to consume their art. I know some more scary slash horror oriented video games help you adjust the screen so that the visibility of objects in the game are as as intended, uh, and they encourage you to play with the lights off uh, and headphones. Uh, I would never have done that if not prompted, but boy does it change things a la uh, Amnesia uh, The Darkness Descent. That's actually a very great game. Also, fantastic game. Uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice has uh, binaural audio, by the way. This is me talking, not not, <laughs> not, uh, not, not Jacob. Not. But to chime in, basically it wants you to play with headphones because the character is schizophrenic in the game, and you hear voices depending on what's going on, depending on which thing, and it's 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 oh, very, very cool. effective. Very cool. Um, Jacob continues. And I think that similar things can be done with movies. I think some sort of advice about how to watch Roma on Netflix could have done a lot of good. Just a note saying that the director encourages you to search for the small, beautiful details within the dwelling shots you are about to witness, etc. Um, I, I think that's very interesting, Jacob. Um, so, yeah, and just to break it down, I think, uh, just to break down some terms here, the prevalent form of consumption versus the intended form. And in the case of Gemini Man, the prevalent form would be most people will see it in 24 frames per second, uh, or maybe 60 frames, since there are only 14 theaters in the United States that playing it at 120 frames and the intended form is obviously the 120 frames per second uh 4k 3 uh 3d which is only playing in one theater in the world yeah we didn't actually even see it in its intended form yeah no and and uh i think uh, what jacob points to is an interesting point there which is that you know should we care about the way most people are gonna see it now i prefer to you know like i think i think the problem there is that it's impossible to determine how people are going to see it some people are going to see it on a cell phone some people are going to watch it you know um uh some people are going to watch it on dvd some people are going to watch it on blu-ray i think it's just difficult to decipher exactly how it's going to be intended uh there's an interesting video though uh which uh, someone uh, compared uh going to see the film in 24 frames per second and, and seeing it in 120 frames per second and the first thing that they said was uh all the dramatic scenes 
worked 100% better. Like scenes that were like clunky as 120 frames per second were suddenly like okay and passable as 24 frames per second. Huh. Um, so, you know, like Will Smith being flirty was kind of like weird at 120 frames per second, but in, in 24 frames it was like, okay, this is a movie thing. Um, so I think that's a really interesting, in, particularly in this case, uh, where the, the disparity between how it is intended to be seen versus how it can be seen um, is, is so wide. Uh, but, but yeah, I, would, I, I think the only thing you can do, though, as a reviewer, um, unless you see it bo in both formats, which a lot of reviewers did do, uh, is talk about the way you, you saw it and the way that it was hopefully intended to be seen. I don't have a problem, too, with, and I actually really like... Um sort of what Jacob is suggesting where if if a filmmaker suggests yeah. more optimal ways or even with video games etc of experiencing the thing like we meant this to be this yeah uh so if if you can please enjoy it in this particular way however but like what I don't want is people being like only see my movie in theaters and it's like well I mean okay Oh, like you, you put up such an interesting straw man there. He seems so angry. Well, no. I, so <laughs> what I was thinking, I was sorry. I, I was uh, being an old man yelling at a cloud. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when when imaginary old man yelling at. A cloud. Well, no. Like even uh, Christopher Nolan has said a couple things in the past about like. Uh, although I, I guess maybe you know what. To be fair, I don't know how mm. a, uh, uh, adamant they are because they're in articles and you can't really tell. So maybe I'm putting my own sort of spin on that. Mm. If it is sort of in that vein that Jacob's setting up, like oh well, like this is really meant to be like this. You know, as long as the sentiment isn't. You should only watch this thing in this way. I, I think, think I'm I don't cool. Think, I, don't, I don't think anyone would say that realistically. Okay. Like, like any reasonable, Fair. any reasonable human being would say that. Um, I went and saw. I think I talked about this on the podcast. I went and saw seven, uh, David Fincher's film Seven uh, at the London uh, at the <laughs> on BFI. Yeah, I watched it on myself. Actually, I, I was uh, on the subway this week. I did watch someone. Uh, I did see someone watching Avengers Endgame on their cell phone, uh, as it was intended. As it was intended to be. Uh, but I, I went and saw um, uh, uh, David Fincher. Which was seven at the BFI in London uh, last year or the year before, and uh, they had a special print that had the silver nitrate retention uh, thing that was very important to the prints of, of seven, which you can only get as a thirty-five mil print. They had to find it from the archive, and they presented with it a letter that David Fincher uh, had sent on behalf of his production company to every distributor and every theater that accompanied the print, and it was uh, it was a, a fairly detailed letter outlining exactly um, what uh, light level, what foot lamberts the projector should be set at. In order to optimally view Good. this, and and I think you know, like you know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock has had, uh, uh, you know, famously was more probably more of a marketing gimmick where you couldn't enter the theater after the film and started playing in terms of Psycho. Um, I, I think filmmakers do this all the time. You know, it, it happens all the time. Um, and and I think you know, as uh, as far as uh, us as critics go, and and you know, watches the film, we should. For for me, it, I think it's interesting to try and watch the film as the as the filmmaker intended. It's not always possible. You know, you might have to watch Gemini Man on a cell phone, and maybe it's better. Um, oh, wow, you think Gemini Man's better on a cell phone? Maybe. 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 Uh, one more email about Gemini Man before we move on to El Camino. Uh, and that is from Stephen in New Zealand. I actually think uh, the other choices uh, other than HFR impact how the film looks. The high frame rate is just exaggerating those choices. Uh, I think Matt's point about the lens size in 3D was spot on, although in my ex own experience of shooting 3D is limited. I feel matching a normal person's field of view, the magical 28mm lens, feels better for a audience in 3D. Essentially what you were talking about yeah. in that episode yep. was that 
Uh, HFR was really interesting, but only in shots where it kind of was an extension of the perspective you were experiencing yep. in the theater in exactly. relation to the theater, uh, in relation to the screen. Um, anyway, you guys are right. None of it matters since it doesn't serve the story, <laughs> uh, which may be the final word. I actually did, I, I think your comment about... Um, uh, the way the film jumps through, it basically keeps the same language of editing, except for one scene. Yeah, um, that we're sort of used to with um, with film, and and maybe the language of editing needed to change as much as the and and someone asked me this on Twitter and said, well, which filmmaker or which kind of film would you want to see in HFR? And the only answer I could think of that I thought might be interesting was Roy Anderson, uh, who made A Pigeon Sat on a Branch uh, Reflecting yeah. Existence. You know, yep. like, which is a film that's very still. It's a it's a very uh, highly detailed image that stays on screen for long periods of time. I think that in HFR might be interesting. Maybe. 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 And also, uh, no, uh, I was about to sort of make a weird stretch, but it'd be I'd be interested to see it, but not to have anyone spend money to do it. What's that? Uh, Hateful Eight. Sort of like uh, that, that sort of like the wide ass lens in the small ass space. Hmm. Uh, not saying Quentin Tarantino, I want to do something like this, but like oh, and he uh, is the last person who would want. to Oh, do I know, that, but yeah. like, but like something like that where it does sort of set it up as a bit more of a diorama. Mm-hmm. Like again, going it's back like, to it's pigeon. like you're watching yeah. a yeah. Uh, watching a play. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. Well, we're not talking about theater this week. We're talking about TV at the movies. TV. Or- or on Netflix, uh, which could be probably be in your home. Although this film did um, play in theaters this week, really, uh, it did. Yeah, it did have a. Um, well, that's nice. A theatrical experience. Why not? Yeah, why not? And uh, G- uh, Aaron Paul attended a couple of screenings at the Alamo Draft House in in Los Angeles. Well, why that's not? nice. I like it. Well, let me let me let me just uh, back up here for a second. Do you like Breaking Bad? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're you in a mess. We're you back. You're saying with the drugs and the crystal meth and the blue and the things, and you know I'm the one who knocks. Um, yeah, I like Breaking Bad quite a bit. Um, I think I didn't realize how much I missed Breaking Bad until I watched the like catch up of the season and the music, the Breaking Bad theme song, like Dave Porter, who's the musician. Um, that hit at the end of it, and I was like. Oh, like I got all the feels back. Uh, I really like Breaking Bad. I did come to it a little bit late, though I did. It was one of those experiences where I kind of like caught up to its live right thing. So yeah, like the I think, first I think two a lot or three seasons, yeah. yeah. And that was and that was largely predicated by the fact that Netflix purchased the show and put it up so you could watch every season before the season was airing on AMC. So you, it was I think it was one of the first instances where really Netflix, it did that? Yeah, Netflix bought the show and then they would play the season before. Um, before right the before, AM, yes. before AMC was playing there, so it was a nice little partnership they had going on there, almost like a, a Jesse and uh, you know Mr. P- uh, Mr. White and Jesse Pinkman yeah. kind of scenario. Uh, I'm not sure who was who in that uh, situation. Ooh, I think probably probably AMC. I think AMC is Mr. White. Yeah, and yeah. G- and uh, Netflix is Jesse Pinkman. at that point. At that point, and now Jesse Pinkman. Is uh, out on his own. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm the same way. Um, as far as I, I love the show, I absolutely sure. love the show. I think the show is nearly pitch perfect um, in terms of it. Uh, it starts strong, gets better and better with every season, in strong as well. So, um, so I have a question though. Sure. For you. Um, how do you feel in general uh, about, about generals? Okay. Uh, no, about like the sort of 
uh, show that is done getting a film adaptation, not even adaptation, continuation. Like, how do you feel? Of, do you have any thoughts about that, like, en masse? Or, or is it a specific, like, oh, well, this one works, this one doesn't, it's just another tool in the toolbox? Uh, I think it's probably the uh, what you just said. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's obviously plenty of examples. And the example that I think would be of interest uh, for listeners of, of this podcast would be the X-Files movies, uh, you know, where the show finished and then um, and then they brought out two movies. And the reason that's of interest is that Vince Gilligan was a writer on the X-Files and so I think it was an interesting continuation of, of, of yeah. uh, his work. There. And the, the X-Files movies weren't hugely successful. Probably the most successful example of this is Star Trek. You know, uh, Star Trek, the movies, yeah. uh, you know, based off the based off the series, kind of uh, spawned its own life and many, many sequels and reboots to, to follow. Of course. You know, unsuccessful examples uh, would be the A-Team. For example, uh, the Joe Kinahan film, uh, which was not a huge hit off the off the back of the. I guess the it show. is technically a continuation. Well, it's, you know, it's yeah, it's but it, it, it's it's a it's a. But it's really not because of the time period. Well, it's not the same cast, which is the the difference. Well, like now we're so so. I'm not talking about like that or like Twenty One Jump Street or like these like yeah. properties that Charlie's Angels. Like I'm not talking about that sort uh, of you're thing. You're talking about I'm where talking the about show where comes. The show back. continues. I'm talking about yeah. your Sex in the Cities, your Entourage, The Simpsons. Uh, the Simpsons and yeah. Star Trek does fit into that. Yes, yeah, true because they use the original cast in and the it, first and, movie, and it's the the continuation is of the thing. Yeah, um, I I think it's an interesting thing, and and I think the the fascinating question mark for for filmmakers in this in this context is how has your medium changed when you've gone from episodic television to single event moving movies, and and I think that's a fascinating question which will come into play with El Camino quite a lot. Yeah. Um. To to come back to the the sort of television question of 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 Breaking Bad, I think you know like Breaking Bad is is to me, I think one of the top three television shows of all time. Sure, uh, my favorite TV show that I, I I still think kind of is the best show I've ever seen. Still, and I've watched it all the way through three times. Is The Wire? Um, I think The Wire. You and a lot of people. Yeah, The Wire is is without a doubt still the best TV show, television show my, I think I've ever seen. Um, followed very, and I'm not sure where Breaking Bad is probably number two. Huh. Uh, and number three would probably be Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that would be my that would be my top three. You know, kind of in that vein. Do you, do you, do you, I mean, I do don't really think... have a top three. Uh, that'd be I really mean, hard. It, it's very loose. Obviously. I mean, Buffy and Angel. Although I'm worried to go back and watch them at this point, but right. like they were so formulative for me in the way that I I look at story and structure and the way Joss Whedon did it. Yeah. Uh, so that's up there. Uh, Cowboy Bebop. I still think is a pinnacle of visual narrative storytelling. Yeah. Like it is. It gives you. Everything you need, no fat on it whatsoever, and when it decides to go all in on like relishing a moment or a shot, like it does it right. And you can see that not only in content, but also sort of um, craftsmanship of the frames because it's animated. Okay, um, so that's one of my big ones. Uh, I think probably another one I'd bring up too. Uh, really is Lost. Mm, Lost is great. Uh, Lost. I mean, obviously, sort of ushered in along with Breaking Bad, along with Mad Men. That, that uh, golden this, age of television. Yeah. Um, and you know what? The, the the farther I get away from Lost's ending, even though I didn't mind it at the time, the more I'm like, yeah, this is this is a good ending for me. It makes sense with what the show was doing. It was building to that point. People were mad, I think, that they figured it out early yeah. and that it, it just did that thing. Whereas, you know what the alternate of that is? Uh, it's... Game of Thrones season eight. Right. Like when nothing is set up and then you just flip the fucking 180 switch. So like 
I don't know. Lost. I mean, you could argue that the ending of Battlestar Galactica. I haven't little, seen all or, of Battlestar Galactica. The, so. the finale of Battlestar Galactica, the final season, gets a little bit weird. A little loopy. Uh, a little loopy, but kind of in an interesting way. Um, but you know what's interesting? Okay, what is interesting? Um, all of the things that we've listed, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is a uh, prerequisite to have a favorite television show, mm-hmm. uh, has ended. They have definitive endings. Of all the TV shows we're talking about. Well, no, I'm saying, like, for instance, the ones we just called our favorites. They are mm-hmm. not currently still going. They are not, like, uh, you know, narratives that are continuing. Well, I, I, well, Breaking Bad does have a bit of cool soul. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, the actual story of the thing. That's one character. That's a spinoff. That's like, the that's like um, you know, Joni Loves Chachi and Happy Days. Like, like the Six in the City and the Carrie Diaries. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Oh boy. Um so I don't know. I I I'm fine with them doing continuation stories, especially if there's a like a More poor story. ending or something got cut like for <laughs> instance in the in in um Firefly into Serenity. Like Serenity yeah. the film tied up the universe in one final adventure for these characters that I, you know, got unjustly in my opinion canceled too early and then right. we got to have a final thing and sure there could be more stories to be told but I was happy with the ending. So so you'd be happy with community coming back for uh what was it Sidney's Six seasons in a movie? That's what they were trying to do? Five seasons yeah, in a movie? Yeah, or something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that for with Breaking Bad, mm. um, while Walter White's story definitely had a definitive ending, though he mm. did kind of become a little Batman-esque by the end of it. Uh, mm. Okay, right, let's, we should say this up front right now. We're going to we're gonna spoil Breaking Bad, the TV show, and we're going to spoil Breaking Bad, the... Oh, we're going to spoil El Camino, the uh, movie. movie. I have not seen Bitter Cold Soul. I've seen season one of Bitter Cold Soul. I have not seen any of it, so... so uh, but we're just going to say this right away, because when you said uh, he kind of became Batman, I also said he also kind of died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so but, gonna, but that's, but the that's what would happen with Batman in real life. Uh, the, he became Batman in season one, though. No. Yeah. No. Remember? You remember? No. He was a superhero chemistry guy. Remember when he took went to Tuco's lab? No, he made, and he threw and he threw an explosive chemical. If, every, making one when, gadget hold, does not make hold you up, Batman. Hold up. Every uh, so you know we we were with a bunch of chemists when we watched that episode live, and every chemist in the room was so excited because it was scientifically accurate, and they were like, "We've got a chemist superhero right here." Yeah, who turned out to be the villain, like all Kim. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, like all Kim. Yeah, uh, but uh, no. What I mean when he turned into Batman by the end, like there were scenes where he would just appear and disappear. Yeah. <laughs> like he was just like there, and then afterward, he someone would like do the thing where Batman or like the person Batman's talking to turns their Wait, head. Wait, talking about Batman or Breaking Bad? Right I'm talking now. about Breaking Bad. Right, uh, Breaking Bad Man. I mean, look, he's the one who knocks. Yeah, you think I, that of whatever. me? I am the one who knocks. What I'm saying is they they played it fast and loose with uh, Walter. White's maneuverability. <laughs> so this is what I want to say about Breaking Bad. So uh, when I uh, I sat down to watch El Camino, uh, my parents-in-law are staying with us right now, and they were like, "Oh, what is this you're watching?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, it's a continuation of Breaking Bad." And they're like, "What's Breaking Bad?" And I was like, "Hold up!" <laughs> I, like, hey. I turned I turned the lights back on. I was like, the, "There was like a record skip." <laughs> what the fuck you just say? <laughs> Excuse me. Did you say you don't, you don't know what Breaking Bad is? <laughs> and they were like, "No, we don't. I've never seen that show." And I was like. Okay, here we go. And I was like, literally, you sat him down. You played the entire series. <laughs> I was like, your three weeks are now booked. Your next three weeks are completely booked right now. And and so they started watching um, season one of Breaking Bad, and uh, and I've been watching it with them. And it's what 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 I think is really fascinating 
And the reason why Breaking Bad works so well is that, you know, like the, the pitch for Breaking Bad is, uh, I think Vince Gilligan's pitch for Breaking Bad was, can I, t- what, what happens if Mr. Rogers turns into the, into Scarface? Um, that was his entire pitch for, for Breaking Bad. Um, and, and it's really interesting to see how season one is the story of a man up against the odds, trying to like figure out his life and, and do something good. Season two uh, which opens with that like amazing sequence where the titty bear falls out, of, or you know, like we're sort of panning across this like mm-hmm. explosion, and it's the titty bear. Is where the show kind of realizes that the audience is all in on this character, and we can now go nuts with this, and and it becomes bigger than life. Like in season season one, to me, felt like it was very like it was extreme, but it was very much about a real man. But season two was like now we're making uh, art. About you know like 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 the palette gets bigger. We start introducing like the time lapses in an interesting way. The visual language of the show gets bigger and broader, um, and they start doing really fascinating things with this character. And and I think the thing that was sort of most compelling for me is they slow the show right down. Uh-huh. Like at points, you know, like they they have those amazing bottle episodes where they're stuck inside the lab and they're still compelling as part of the entire show. You know, like Lost, I think, got into this thing where they were like trying to just add things on top of things towards sure. the end. Season five of Breaking Bad is actually pretty slow and it's very methodical and meticulous about like process. Um, but the show kind of just slows down after season one. Yeah. And I think, I don't know why, but the, the, I think once they'd established who Walt was, who J.C. Pinkman was. Remember, J.C. Pinkman wasn't supposed to survive season one. I know. He was supposed to die at the end of season one. And they liked Aaron Paul so much and they liked where the character was going that they decided to keep him alive. Bitch. Yeah. And it's and it's it's fantastic. And so I think there's a thing with Breaking Bad where um, there's a, it's, it's always been in sync perfectly with its audience. You know, like, like Lost, I think, kind of fell out with its audience at some point. Game of Thrones certainly fell out with its audience. Yeah. The, the, the final season of The Wire didn't do didn't play very well. Sopranos was divisive at yeah, the end. Yeah, you know, like, uh, whereas uh, Breaking Bad, I think, is always perfectly in sync and kind of managing to strike that balance exactly of being fan service, but also, like, well aware of what its characters are capable of. I have a, I'm going to say something, and I don't know if it actually works. Okay. Um, but I think there's a difference between fan service and servicing your fans. Mm. Uh, fan service, <laughs> I think... The second one sounds like something you'd get at a brothel. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'll take the servicing of my fan, please. Um, <laughs> or no. an air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or an air conditioning. Yeah. Um, because fan service is... You actively being like, oh, this is what they want. This is exactly, yes, I'm going to give them, exa- you know, whatever. But servicing your fans is more of a, like, you are just in sync with the people that you are making the show for. You are not changing what you are making, but you have you have tapped into something in a cultural zeitgeist or with a group of people that is resonant. Yeah. And uh, I think that Breaking Bad at 100% is in that category of, of servicing the fans. Right. Um, because you're right, it it's it really you know hit a vein, not no pun intended, um, about what it meant to be a good guy versus a bad guy, and then like it was weird because like everyone knew where Walter came from, and then it, you know to the turn Mister Rogers into Scarface sort of thing. Everybody does have dark thoughts. Everybody does have that moment where like life's pushing you to the edge and you wonder like what you're going to do. You know, like th- there's 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 moments and then the catharsis of watching an every man and every person uh kind of fall from grace realizing that like oh man like 
that that's yeah. a thing that could happen to anybody depending it's almost like it's it's almost like what joker thought it was trying to say in the killing joke right um <laughs> so the or thought that he was trying to say so right. my point is breaking bad super good <laughs> um el camino el camino fine <laughs> uh but 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 i so okay Mm. This is where it's good, I think. Mm. I was not happy with with how they sort of used Jesse Pinkman at the end of the series and at the end of the show. Like the end of the show was like fine and whatever, but like it always felt to me like Jesse kind of got a little bit of the shaft near the end. And I know that was <laughs> a narrative reason. Right. Um but to have him stick around for so long and have that sort of, you know, just waste away sort of bits. Yeah. Uh, always felt that was the one very minor sour note to me. So when I heard this was coming out, it was going to pick up right where it left off, and like it made sense because that's the car he stole when he left and all that jazz. Right. I was very very excited. This did feel like two episodes of Breaking Bad put back to back. Um, which is fine. Right. Um, and I I liked watching Jesse try to in a post Walter White world. Mm-hmm. Uh, figure out what the hell he's going to do, and have a goal, mm-hmm. and eventually, you know, uh, you know, we mentioned about spoilers to it, but like how he goes about trying to achieve that goal. Because Jesse is always, uh, he seemed to be a well. I think the show sits it up so that Jesse believes he is a victim of circumstance. But I mean, Jesse makes choices throughout sure. the show, but but Jesse is often the one put upon by, you know, primarily by Walter White. Uh, and then eventually by Nazis. Um, but, of course. Uh, but, but Jesse has always been kind of the, the somewhat innocent who has been swept up in a, in, a, in a sea of circumstance that is not of his own making, uh, which is, which is I, the, I think the show has actually been pretty good at balancing that out, which is that you do, re- the show is actually very, very good at like recognizing that these are amoral people. Yeah. And, and ultimately the choices that they make is, is what leads them into the positions they are. And the thing that's beautiful about Breaking Bad is, you know, to me it's like that final line, uh, which was that, um, you know, I think Skylar says to Walter, uh, if you say this was for your family, you know, you did it for the family one more time, I swear to God. And he said, I did it for me. I liked it, you know, like is, yeah. is, is that like one line where is this like, oh yeah, this is what the show really knows uh, it's about. Um, so you were kind of mixed on the movie. So I thought that the first two thirds to three fourths was really great. I was in- engaged, uh, but I I often have an issue when it's sort of like a continuation like this. I'm like, am I engaged because I have such a history with the character? I was I kept asking myself like, would this be as enjoyable if it was just sort of if it had like. You know, let's even say like an '80s movie esque sort of like after a drug deal gone wrong, like like a, a thing like a sort of like if you were set just up coming in the into beginning. This cold. But but not only just coming into this specific movie cold, but what if this movie was designed for you to come in cold? Meaning mm. that like this is a young man who is trapped by a gang of people that has escaped, but now is on the run for a crime that he sort of committed. Right. Right. Does it stand on its own two legs? I don't know, but the more I watched it and the more we – we even talked about this a little bit too, right, when we started this episode about, like, intended ways to view a thing. Right. This is not a technical technic- like way to view this thing, but it, it is a pre- – there are prerequisites to watching this thing, and it's very clear about that. Right. Um, so I, after a while, I stopped asking myself, you know, oh, well, it, would it be enjoyable if I didn't, you know, love Breaking Bad and all the characters? And what I started asking myself more 
was why does this exist? Mm. Um, I think it did definitely start from a place of like, oh, well, no, actually, I think it started from we love Breaking Bad. I, we need to, I would love to do something new with Breaking Bad. Jesse did get away. Huh, Jesse kind of didn't have a ton nearing that last season or whatever, like as much as the other characters, like because they were sort of finishing up Walter White's arc. Why don't we do one one more ride, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But by the end of it, it had finished up, it had wrapped up all of its interesting bits, mm-hmm. and then there was just like a few flashbacks extra, Right. I felt. Uh, namely, there is a Walter White flashback, because of course there is. Mm-hmm. I thought that the fact that there was a Walter White flashback... A, I felt it was completely inconsequential. Like the other flashbacks seemed to matter. Hmm. The 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 flashback at the end. Uh, yeah, when they're in the diner. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, but, the, but the other flashback oh, that happens uh, in the show. Yeah, well, there's three. There's, well, there's three. Or four three. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, there's four. I think. Yeah. But the one at the beginning with Mike talks about like going to Alaska, sort of sets that up. That's fine. Yeah. The one with um Kristen Ritter, who I can never remember her character's name, um, but the. Yeah. The um that makes sense to me because that was someone whom he loved and lost early on in the show due to Walter. Uh, and well, then it's debatable. Didn't Walter? No, he just didn't do anything when she was uh, when she was choking. Okay, whatever. I mean, he he made a conscious choice, but he wasn't. He made one... a conscious choice to let her die. Yeah, but he didn't put her in that situation. No, but he made a conscious choice to he let her die because it benefited him. Yeah, he could have saved her, but moral he gray not. area. Yeah. Um, not really. So the the but the Walter White one just felt the only the only part of this the entire thing that felt a little bit masturbatory was mm-hmm. was the Walter White moment because everyone loves Walter White. Here's a chance to see. There's a last chance we're gonna get to see Walter White again. But the scene itself. Why do you think they chose that scene? I have no idea. <laughs> like it felt. Like, do you remember where that scene where that scene is ultimately kind of placed in the series? Yeah, no, that so that might be why it didn't land for me. I think it's the point at which uh, they get they go out to the Dis- I think it's in season two, two. Maybe it's in the end of season one. I can't recall exact exactly, but no, I think it's the end of season one, um, where they go out to the desert to do one big myth cookout, mm-hmm. uh, and they get stuck there. And they have to they have to figure out how to like get the uh, get the truck back up. Yep. And and then they've got this problem now, which is that they've been away for far longer than they intended to be. Remember, uh, Walter had to like um, put together basically make a makeshift battery. Yeah. Um, and then he decides to um, uh, pretend that he had like a, a, a fugue state where he you know like was wandering the desert or something like that to explain why he was away for yeah. so long. But that point is there is that they made a lot of myth. And they suddenly had, you know, they thought that they had made enough myth to kind of like basically be out of the game for good, you know. Um, And to me, the thing that was interesting there is Walter Walter says one line at the end of it, which is that, you know, you're kind of lucky. You didn't have to wait till uh, you're you're. You didn't have to wait to do something special with your life. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to wait all this time to do something special with your life, which is basically this point at which um, Jesse kind of has the future ahead of him. Walter sees the end ahead of him. And that's kind of where the show ends as well, which is that Jesse has the has still got the future ahead of him. But the show ended in that exact way. I didn't need I didn't need that mm-hmm. sort of spelt out with two characters to, that have already shown me that for four four or five seasons or whatever. They, like I just it it felt that's why I sort of mm-hmm. felt like it felt a little like masturbatory or not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't actually know why. I mean the the I think the show and this film 
hit that nail pretty hard in the head before they drug Walter White out of the flashback coffin and uh, made him say it. Right. Like, and I don't want to come off as too harsh on this. I thoroughly enjoyed right. my time watching this thing. Right. Um, I man, Vince Gillian, uh, knows how to write offbeat, slightly just odd characters in the most enthralling and dangerous feeling way. Mm. Everyone from the guy uh, in the vacuum store. Oh, Robert Forrester? Yeah. Oh, to, Robert Forrester. To, Rest in peace, Robert Forrester. I know. To um, Todd, uh, who is just mm. off, is an off human being. He's a sociopath? You yeah, know, like yeah. A but psychopath? Like, but like, <laughs> a, 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 like... He was on the show as well. True, but like the way that, that, that all of these characters directed and written are just like, you never know even some of the new the newer characters are like or the one off characters that were extended the welders or whatever um like you didn't you, in this series and in this movie the way characters are written and portrayed you just never know what could happen and it all makes sense right. and it all feels dangerous and that was something i really loved about breaking bad and and it's something that is very rare in a lot of things and it was wonderful to see here um, I also thought it was shot very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it had a lot of uh, cinematic flex to it, but not in a boastful way, if I would say that. Like, it, you know, when it did want to show off a cool shot, like him with the flashlight in his mouth, sort of panning around, looking through the apartment, and then like the above shot of like all of the different things, that all felt very Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel the need to like like show off much like the show didn't it knew what was in it did the bebop thing in my opinion it, it knew what scenes were important and what it wanted to display and it did that and it, it upped the ante when it wanted to uh it just it you know uh it's not a film i'm going to think about like i thought about the show a lot it's just this one i, I i'm not going to go back and be like oh the meaning because i knew the meaning this was just like one more ride for me okay uh what about you i, I feel like i've been yammering for a bit um so in the tradition of the show, the uh, only podcast about movies, I think about the continuation of conversations that we've been having uh, across many episodes. And the the thing that I thought about a lot as I was watching this show... Dick jokes. Uh, dick jokes, yes. Plenty of dick jokes. Not enough in the show. Uh, not enough in El Camino, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing that I thought about a lot, other than dick jokes, was uh, a conversation we had around another movie called Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Do, do you know why I might have thought no, about that? No, I don't know. Okay. The conversation we had I'm around... sensing a trap, though. <laughs> oh, no, there's no trap. Oh. It's a trap for me. Weird. To bring it back up. Because the conversation we had around Spider-Man Far From Home was the conversation around necessary. Okay. Uh, and I felt Spider-Man Far From Home was unnecessary. Sure. I also think El Camino is unnecessary. Hmm. Uh, I think it is, I think it is uh, uh, a fairly unnecessary, but entirely watchable and enjoyable experience. Um, and I think what it is, is it's an, ex- it, it, the way I kind of describe the movie is it's an extension cord. It gets you to the same place that you would get, that you got to at the end of the show. It just extends out what it was that previously. Um, I think it's unnecessary in that it doesn't transform anything that we know. It doesn't, um, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't stand on its own two feet as a film. Uh, it is an experience to be to be watched by Breaking Bad uh, people who've watched the entire series of Breaking Bad. I think it would be near impossible to watch this um, without right. uh, having done that. Um, but I also think it's it's completely satisfying for under those parameters because um, I enjoyed the idea that we got a further a, a more detailed explanation 
of where Jesse is by the end of this. And, and it only comes towards the very end, which is the, um, the Jessica Ritter, uh, uh, what is her name? The, um, uh, Kristen Ritter, Jane, Jane's character flashback, where she said, where he says, you know, like you should just go where destiny, um, puts you. And she says, no, fuck that. Uh, I've been doing that for too long. You should choose where you want to go. Yeah. And, and the show kind of ended us with, with this sort of question mark about where is Jesse going to go? He's going to, he's riding off into the sunset. He's broken free from the Nazis. He's kind of, you know, he's, he's gone somewhere. And this show is really about the choice he's making. Where do I go at this point? And how do I get to the place I want to get to? Um, and, you know, like the best uh, episodes of the show where um, the show, you know, Vince Gilligan is so really honed in on process, you know, like the process of trying to find Todd's money, of identifying all the parameters for finding Todd's money, which yeah. is like the flashback of, of, of Todd having killed his maid because he put the money inside the encyclopedias and now he's going to have to think of a new way to find, you know, place his money. So now we know that Jesse uh, knows that the money's in the house, but it's not in the encyclopedias anymore and he's got to like tear the house apart and it's like, you know, we get kind of like the great sort of time lapses yep. that, that Breaking Bad was so good at and now he gets the money, but now he's got this additional complex of these cops who turn up who aren't cops as it turns out and they take half the money and he's now $1,800 short so he's got to go back and get you know, it's all process and I love that about the show and I think one of the things that Vince Gilligan was really great at is this show never felt like it was in any way based on any part real life it felt like this was all fictional characters that are lar much much larger than life but they all feel real within the world of yeah. Breaking Bad yeah you know like he is um uh, he is entirely invested in making the world uh, as plausible and as believable uh, as possible. Well, just a little side note, but one thing that my wife was always really excited about, the science is very accurate on the show. They sure. had a science advisor on the show, and all the experiments that Walter would do and all the things that he would talk about in terms of chemistry – well, 100% accurate. She, and she would get so excited when she was watching it. And she'd be like, that's, you know, like that, yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, yeah. And she, and you know, she would even identify what was happening. So in season one, when they tried to dissolve the body, uh, and he puts it in the, uh, he puts it in the tub, <laughs> she was like, oh my God, that idiot. You know, like she knew exactly yeah. what was going on. Um, so I think Vince Gilligan is 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 entirely. I don't understand why Vince Gilligan isn't in every writer's room at this point, and why any yeah. why every TV show, every movie that's like trying to make franchisable IP, like why they aren't like just throwing money at Vince Gilligan. Like why isn't why isn't he the top of everyone's call list? Maybe they are. He's just he's just too expensive. He's, I mean, he should be. Yeah, but he should because he, if you watch this, you're like that dude would be the first person I would call to see how we should do uh, the DC extended universe. Yeah, this is you know like this is this is the guy. Um, but I do think that the film is, uh, unnecessary. I don't, I don't think it actually, you don't need to watch this movie. You don't need to have so, the experience of watching this movie. And, and if you just finished with the show, I think you would still feel the same way about the characters that you do. I think the reason this, this, this exists as it, as it stands right now is that, um, Vince Gilligan was asked by Netflix, would you want to make a short film or something, you know, would you want to make some additional content around, um, Breaking Bad to celebrate its, you know, its anniversary coming up? Um, I think it was the 10th anniversary last year uh, of the show airing and he originally pitched this as a short film he was going to do like just what happens to jesse kind of after he breaks mm -hmm. away and <laughs> or an episode of television <laughs> an episode of television uh and then and then he just kept working on it and extended it out and it became it became a feature it just became you know this longer thing and, and i think it's not quite in the world of being a feature film although it is incredibly cinematic yeah um i think it is an ex it's an extended episode to round out the series it is it's not like for instance um 
you know, the, the Firefly versus Serenity, like you can mm. see the production value yeah. differences. Like the the this is more um, the same production value, just longer in a different form. We're not like uh, X Files, where they, you know, the show had ended, and then they were like, "We're going to do a movie yeah. now," and it's a whole new adventure. So necessary. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what I said when you said this in Far From Home, so I apologize mm-hmm. if I'm retreading. But like, the truth is. None of the stuff we are talking about is necessary. I'm talking about films in general. Like, you want to talk about necessary, and then we got to define what necessary is. I'm talking about, like, for life. Like, things can be enriching or things can be valuable to you uh, it, from a from a uh, psychological standpoint, for instance. But to, to – to, and this is why I actually took away my initial thought of thinking that Joker was unnecessary. I don't think Joker is unnecessary. I thought it was inconsequential. Right. Um the so so n- no <laughs> depending on what you define as necessary but like necessary meaning like maybe for living or maybe necessary for your time mm-hmm. um i don't know you know that's a personal that, decision that's not that's not that, that's kind of like a broader question about life right like we're talking well, sure, we're talking but, about movies but, but like yeah sure <laughs> but think about it this way right like so you're so what what would you say so let me help me help me get through this what yeah. is a necessary movie um i'm not exactly sure what a necessary movie is but i can tell you what an unnecessary movie but is. there needs to be based on the definitions there kind of needs to be examples on each or else the example of one kind of falls apart i think the thing is uh necessary is um is uh an implied definition when a film works it's an it's a it's a it's a shorthand uh, for what? For the, sh- the film working, I think I think it's implied when a film works that it's necessary. That that it's implicitly necessary, right? <laughs> but but when a film is unnecessary is when it doesn't work. And it, See, and it has I disagree no re- with those, and it, and it has no reason to exist. I disagree with those things because it has a lot of reasons to exist. It, in, I mean, d- depending on how you want to think about the reasons for anything like this to exist. A, you want to do it totally utilitarian. It employed a lot of people. B, Terry Gilliam, Gilliam wanted to you could make pornography with the same reasoning. Sure, but that doesn't mean. <laughs> but pornography is not not necessary. Like but, but, ne- no, necessary. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I want to make sure that you're connecting it to to the thing we're talking about. Well, I will. Okay. Um, but my point being is the uh, to call a film unnecessary, to call a piece of art unnecessary, does draw into question, well, then what is necessary? And I think I'm starting to glean back to Spider-Man Far From Home when I think I my, my um, conceit was well, you have to sort of say necessary for you. Otherwise... Not for you, but when someone is saying if something is necessary or unnecessary, they have to say sort of specify that they mean. I mean, it could be implied, but that it is unnecessary for that person that is discussing it, because otherwise, it doesn't mean anything. The phrase doesn't. The mean- phrase doesn't really mean anything because you can measure necessary a million different ways. Right. Not a million. You know what I'm saying. Okay. So like so so for me for El Camino. Mm-hmm. For me, the film was not necessary, I guess, because I didn't really – overall, I was not up at night wondering what happened to these characters. But on that level, I guess it wasn't necessary. On the other side of things, uh, yeah, when I knew it was coming out and I knew, I was like, oh, cool. I was yep. like, that's neat. Uh, but, but you didn't know what it was at that point. Well, I knew it was about Jesse Pinkman, and I knew it was a continuation of a series that I liked. Mm. So then, therefore, I was like, oh, great. 
I think your 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 point of 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 uh, of when at at which point you think something is necessary might be because we're I'm only speaking necessary post watching the film. So like if so if you some, were saying so, but then in that case, are you talking about necessary in the sense of like worthwhile to your time? Yeah. Okay, so that's different from necessary. Okay. But I, okay, I, I apologize, but I, I felt like that was kind of implicit because we'd seen the movie. No, no, no. I'm and just I, saying, I, you but, know, like but, it's impossible to kind of define something as unnecessary having not seen it. Sure, but you're saying, but I, I think to to not get into too much of a semantic rabbit hole by the end of this, mm-hmm. you were saying that you feel like you watching this movie was kind of a waste of time because it didn't really do anything new or explore anything that you found terribly interesting or different. El Camino or Spider Man? El Cam- uh, either. I guess there's, it doesn't matter. There, no, there's, well, a, difference, there's a difference. Well, then let's just stick with Camino. There's a difference in nuance let's between just, those two, which is what I wanted to discuss here. Okay, well, yeah. that that's fine. But the the point that I'm making here is, it's more about you feeling like your time has been wasted in one way or another. Right. So, but but to say something is necessary or unnecessary puts that outside of, unless you put it in the context of unnecessary or necessary for you, puts it in a much broader context, which I just can't agree with because it's not true. Okay, so um, I I think what we're... Because you're opening the semantic argument up in sort of a, such a broad way that I think you're going to like lose the definition or lose the parameters of what is criticism. Well, I think you're missing but, the parameters of what the word necessary means. No, yeah, but but then you're if to say, well, no, it's not unnecessary because that means it's only a perspective from one individual and therefore not valid. Uh, or I, not, oh, I never said it wasn't valid. Or, I'm just or, saying or necessary or only valid for that particular person means that it invalidates the idea of criticism in general or opinions in general. Not at all. But welcome to this part of the segment of the podcast <laughs> where we call words have meaning. Right. Like, the, <laughs> you, like again, I think a more accurate thing of what at least I think mm. what you're trying to get across is after seeing this film right. or after seeing uh, a film that you would deem uh, that you've called unnecessary. Granted, there are different areas depending on the films. Okay, it is based around the idea that you didn't gain anything from the experience of the time that you engaged in the in, in watching it. Let me read to you Vince Gilligan. Um, talking about Breaking Bad. Sure. Um, uh, asked by Rolling Stone what you felt about this movie existing relative to Breaking Bad. Uh, how it exists within the greater universe of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is that it fits together very well. But it's not necessary. Just as Better Call Saul is not necessary to Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is not necessary to Better Call Saul. And this movie is not necessary to either of them. Would you consider his opinion or his the way he's using the phrase necessary invalid because necessary isn't being defined here? Let's see. Uh, yes and no. Sorry. I, the, the way that he is using it as far as like is it necessary. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Perfect. Is it necessary to the story of Breaking Bad? Mm. No. He just said it. I agree with it. It's not necessary. We got it all. We enjoyed it. But then to say that the film itself, for instance, in reference to is it necessary for Breaking Bad that El Camino exists? Right. No, it is not. Right? But... is that by your definition not able to be said since it's an individual opinion? No, no, but but what he's saying, he's giving context to saying unnecessary. Right. Y- y- again, just like I said unnecessary to me, he's saying unnecessary to Breaking Bad. When you just say something is unnecessary without the context of what you are describing, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. 
because opinions don't work because you're using the word wrong or you're not you're not oh, being clear I? you're not okay. you're not being clear enough with with your descriptor in using that word so again what, so, I, no okay no no hang on let's, let's, let's not get, get into, into the no, semantics no, no, no. We, of it we, we are getting into the semantics oh of it because, good because you've uh you've pushed us down this way yes I'm, i did I, this <laughs> okay uh oh, how, what how would you how would you phrase what i am saying I've said it a couple times, but I'll say it again. You were saying, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I've offered this a couple times and you haven't, the, the, the act of you watching this, at the end of it, you felt like it wasted your time due to the fact it didn't offer you anything new to think about. Okay. That, that's a real... Could, sort of, could I say that by, by just using the phrase it was unnecessary? I'm saying I don't could, think it's accurate. Oh, Okay. I don't think you getting across that because saying something is unnecessary. Maybe this is just where repeat I repeat the phrase that you just said again and take out every word that you just said and replace it with unnecessary for you. Then it makes sense. <laughs> okay. Because but do do you see how it's it, it, you're you're I, literally I, I, what I think is happening here is that your the word unnecessary kind of rubs you the wrong way because it you, should because you're you're literally when you say something is unnecessary right. straight up with no context around what you're actually saying it with you are saying intrinsically that it has zero value. Okay. Because it is, uh, if if you're not if you're not putting uh, you know, the context, you know what I, you know can what I, I think is interesting okay, here. I will make sure. I, I think is interesting here is that to you, language has no nuance, right? Like I can't just say the word unnecessary and have implicit uh, validity to my argument in it, right? I, I think you, you, I, I prefer like, I prefer clarity. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's a bad thing. Right, but but you're saying so. I need to I need to quantify every time I use the word unnecessary. I think because it does have a context of of basically how, how saying would, how would Vince every Gilligan... time I'm answering you are interrupting me. Okay, uh, so I'm having a hard time sort of staying on the course. Mm -hmm. But so so if you'd like to go to this quote, let's go to this quote. But if when I respond to it, let's stick with the the back and forth. Okay, uh, how would you uh, is is Vincent is Vince Gilligan saying the incorrect usage of the word necessary here? No, because he quantifies. It with with the question I believe that was asked of him is is this film necessary for Breaking Bad? No. The, what, qu so, the, for, the question was how do you feel this movie exists relative to Breaking Bad? Relative to Breaking Bad. Thank you. So therefore, like he has said, it is just like Better Call Saul is not necessary for Breaking Bad. El Camino is not necessary for either of them. He's not saying that the film itself is this unnecessary thing that has zero necessity, or else why would he be wasting his time? Okay. Right. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? So, so he's putting he's putting unnecessary in context. Right. All I'm asking for is the context. Okay. Let me lay out the context for you. I, I watched Breaking Bad and I watched El Camino and I think and I think that the film is unnecessary because, because I've I've watched those shows and I don't think it advances the story. Is that enough? For for you, yeah. Okay. <laughs> for me, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, I'm not sure. What the, the semantic thing is really a, a hang-up that you seem to have about like how words need to be placed. If you if you don't think that the, if the if you don't think that the word is necessary is correct, you can you can point that out. But to to sort of suggest that Which language ha, language has no nuance, and I need to explain every time I'm going to use the word necessary. Um, in order to use the word necessary, it seems like you, that implies that. Criticism needs to no, be like you, I need to write an entire essay before I use a word. Not at all. You Is, need to, you need to just be a little bit clearer about what how, how what you're saying, and I don't think that's terribly wrong. Okay, I I, I don't uh, get I, I don't I, get I, why I will, that... I will try to be as crystal clear as I can. Sure, El Camino is unnecessary. That is not as clear as you can be. Okay. I've, I've talked to you. You can be clearer. Oh, really? <laughs> you have 
happen. You've literally said the thing. All I'm saying, and right, this right. has gone on for far now, too long. This is the reason I want to I want to call this out is as are you disagreeing with me? Uh, no, because for me, I don't think that this film again. I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase what you're saying because we agree with the actual thing we are saying, just not the way we are saying it. Okay. I would say this this thing ultimately. Hmm. Actually, you know what? I might take it back because unnecessary <laughs> means you, what you were saying is like you felt like it was a waste of time. No, I didn't think. I, 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 oh, sorry, not, sorry. I, I, did, I, I don't think it's necessary in order to progress the story of Breaking Bad. But did I you? Think, but I did think, you enjoy your time watching it? I enjoyed my time watching so, it. So, so then. That's that's that a nuan- that's a nuance of language, which is what I said I would love to talk to you about in relation to Spider Man, which is a, a film that I d- felt was unnecessary and I didn't enjoy my time watching it. Okay. Versus this, which is that I didn't think it was necessary, but I did enjoy my time watching it. That's a nuance of language. So then, de- then define for me, but, I guess, but, what but, is necessary. I'm very confused. Uh, so am I, really. I'm really confused by by the insistence that we have to define every word in in absolute clarity, and we can't just have a conversation. I've asked for. One instance of a definition of a word in this case. How long and have we spent on this conversation? Too long. We've, I think everyone would agree that it's been going too long. Actually, here, here we go. This is how we'll do it. Okay. Write us in. Okay. Onlymoviepodcastgmail.com. Or tweet at us or whatever. This has gone on a little too long. And apologies for that, but it's never going to die. Um, do we think that uh, in this – let's just ask a simple question. And okay. then we ask people for a sort of a backup of it. Okay. Is El Camino or a film, a film that you – Enjoy, but doesn't offer you a broader context on an idea. Necessary. Mm-hmm. Is that an is that an okay question? Is that am I forgetting any stuff about that? Like I'm actually interested in what other people think about this. I just think that it for me it's just a it's a it's a phrasing thing and it's the way it's words just the are word, used. Right? It's well, just it's the, the word. way words are used. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But the substance of what I've said. Which I'm going to use the word unnecessary for because I think that's the most succinct way to do it. I think we're just disagreeing on that. Yeah, I think and, we're just and disagreeing on. And that's on... what's what's weirding me out about this conversation is that like we've gone down this rabbit hole. That so we has can't nothing disagree. With... We can't disagree on the use of a word now. Now you can let me finish, which is I don't think we're actually having a conversation about the substance of what we're talking about. We're not You're, anymore. We're, no. we're having a conversation about the usage of a word. Yeah, which you think is unclear, and the and but your your counter offer is being like this entire sentence, which requires me to define. Uh, a number of turns rather than just say the word. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes maybe five words work better than one word does. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just, okay. That's it. Uh, Substantively. Yes. Do you now? And this is the the, the question I wanted to ask yes. was that I felt and and I have a I I kind of had a conversation point around this, which is that okay. I think, which was that I didn't think Spider Man Far From Home was right. necessary because it didn't progress the story forward. But more importantly, the reason why I didn't think it worked is that it teased a bitter story than the one it actually told, and and it felt and and that made me consider, well, why aren't we just doing that story rather than the one we actually did, which I felt had no inherent value to it. I mean, versus the which. And the nuance of the conversation I actually wanted to get into was that El Camino, to me, was an unnecessary extension of the Breaking Bad universe, but it was satisfying. The reason I think that was interesting is that it is a fin- it is a closure of this world. It is a closure of the story. It is not teasing any greater, broader story. Mm-hmm. It is saying this is the end of what it is. It doesn't need to exist because it's essentially just an extension of what we had or previously seen before, but it is not su- suggesting that we've got more stories to tell within this world. It is just saying, Here's this interesting little footnote to to what you had previously seen. That's the substantive part of the conversation I kind of wanted to get into. Yeah, and I wanted to see you know whether you had any thoughts on that. Not whether unnecessary or necessary were definitive terms. Sure. 
uh, the the thing here is that Breaking Bad uh, was already ended, and then this had an additional ending, which sort of didn't really add to that initial ending. Like, there were two endings. They're both kind of the same. We just get a little bit of clarity for Jesse if you cared that more enough about Jesse. I, I meant the ending of the show versus the ending of El Camino, the movie. I mean, they... They both ended the thing in the same way, in exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, with with the one with the with the one exception, and I I have a hard time sort of going into something where one line changes the word of an entire or uh, the the meaning of an entire thing. I'm not talking about necessary anymore. No, I'm, right? I'm, I'm so not, sorry. Yeah, the, I mean, I mean the line from um from Jane. Okay. Where about like I've I've been just going with the flow forever. I want to go somewhere that she chooses or whatever she, whatever make that your, is. Make your own choices. That does actually put more of a button. Mm. On Jesse Pinkman's character as an ending than the show did. We, we, we got we got the shorthand of it. We definitely yeah. did like we can uh glean it sort of riding off into the sunset, but we know as a character we know in life or even in the show that we've watched that it's probably not gonna end well for Jesse because of all of the things that have happened. In Alaska? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, in, in the show. Like he breaks through the thing and oh. rides off and screams, but like that, that's not how I read that ending at all at all. I, I read that ending as liberation, freedom. You know he's he's off. Sure. Freedom. Oh no. Yeah. But but at the and same the time. But if you think. Out, right? I, but what I'm saying is not everything is an yeah. argument. I'm just trying to get at what I'm what yeah. I'm going through. The the way that the show ends with Jesse, it is it's 100. percent It's like liberating. He's like he's free. He's free from this thing. Yeah. But if you think about it in the context of a story, sort of beyond that, I'm free. Mm. Jesse's still fucked. Like and and this movie works through that being fucked and then gets to a point where the entire series Jesse has been just sort of going with the flow and the flow most of the time is Walter White. Right. Now the the, the culmination of this is this one thing that this one person said in a flashback to him that now resonates because he is actually doing something on his own without being pressured by this outside incredible black hole of a force. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, I think that this does do something ever so slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think the reason why I, I would I was undulating on whether or not it's necessary or unnecessary mm-hmm. in the t- context that you have put it out there, I don't think I can I personally can call it unnecessary because the 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 act of me enjoying it makes it necessary, I guess. Yeah, that's a the, that's a I, little bit sloppy. I do admit no, that. that, that, that like, that's a weird connection of uh, of uh, connecting two ideas in sort of uh, an interesting way. Um, I'm I'm not uncertain. I inter- I you know entirely follow you down that hole, but I think you know that's an interesting sort of point about it. My 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 thing here is that I thoroughly enjoyed watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I thoroughly loved being in this world, which I think, you know, was your response to Spider-Man Far From Home, which is that you thoroughly enjoyed revisiting these characters. Sure. Um, you know, and and uh, and being in that world again. In a slightly different way, yeah. Yeah. But, and, and whereas I kind of felt that this was uh, enjoyable, but uh, you know, ultimately, still kind of, you know, it's it's in a, to me, it's a it's an extension cord of the movie uh, of the show, which is that it is uh, part and parcel of it. But I, the reason I can accept it and kind of um, enjoy its pleasures is that it is not, um, it is not, it is not trying to sell me on something else. It is, it is of itself. Right, and and you you've been very vocal about not enjoying that when films do do that. Right, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why the MCU does not speak to you uh, en masse. Right, like it, well, it's particularly Spider-Man: Far From Home. Okay, yeah, which I s- think is like 
a, a middling movie that felt like it was just aiming for a release date as opposed to actually having some a, a, an interesting story to tell. Sure, yeah. and again, that yeah, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. the, you know, that's uh, you, that's mm-hmm. your opinion. I I have a different one. It doesn't matter. The uh, the the difference between it's weird mm-hmm. we're comparing Spider Man Far From Home and, and El Camino, but. I think it does boil down to enjoyment of a thing that ultimately does not hurt or or benefit its greater part. Okay. Uh, I personally enjoyed both of these films. Right. You enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um, that just breaks down to how we like our narratives told or what narratives we enjoy being told. But I felt both were unnecessary. I know that's where we disagree. So, right. like, that, that, I mean, I can't, I can't do anything with do that. Do I need to define unnecessary again for you? Uh, no, I mean, actually, okay. you've, you've, you've defined it quite. You, I know you know the definition. Yeah. You're just not being clear with your use of it. Maybe, and here's just a potential. Sure. Here. Maybe you get hung up on words uh, as opposed to actually substance. I think words are the only way we can convey substance. Okay. And I think it's unclear when we start using words as shorthand or just different thing, different ways to get across the way we think, especially when there could be more context needed. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, we will agree to disagree. That is fine. On this one. Um, but write us in. Write us in at onlymoviepodcast.gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed that 45-minute diatribe. Yeah, unnecessary. <laughs> I'd love for a linguistic expert to write us in. Oh, that'd be good. Does anyone? Do you know one? Uh, I'm sure I could conjure a linguistic expert up yes, at some point. Yes, conjure them with their yeah. with the magics of the internet. <laughs> um, so this has been the only uh, podcast about the film El Camino. Uh, Shahir, when when you're not talking words, <laughs> when can folks find you? Uh, you can find me being uh, using ten words instead of one at my website www.shahirdaud.com. That's S H A H I R D A U D. Matt, when you are um, not up to semantics, where can people find you? Never. You can't because that's what I'm doing all the time at m a t t h e w k r o l dot com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor with the number four P R E Z on Instagram or M S K uh, Emperor M S K on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow. Follow the good works we are doing over on Extra Credits. We, I believe, are dropping uh, oh, uh, the, the Mythology of Dragons. Does that come out next week? I think it does. Uh, and how actually history and 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 a bunch of um, how how the dragon myth has permeated throughout uh, history and why that's sort of one of those myths that like actually is everywhere and how it's different based on like even things like politics. It's very interesting. Have you read? Uh, there's a series of books uh, called the Temerary series. Have you ever read those? Um, by Naomi Novik. No. Uh, it's basically the idea that the Napoleonic Wars had dragons. So it, it, oh, reta- it retells like uh, it retells uh, historical wars, but but certain sides had dragons. Also, side note, doesn't come out for another week. I just realized that it will come out. Okay. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, spoilers. Um, but no, that sounds interesting too. I'm just you know like in terms of the topic you're talking about, which is dragons through history. Yeah, dragons through mythology. Dragons through history. Book. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week with one of the three that won the poll. Uh, so right now, the the leader in the poll was definitely Parasite with uh, 38. Percent, uh, followed by Jojo Rabbit and uh, The Lighthouse. But in in typical, the only podcast about movies fashion, we did El Camino. So should we just do these in reverse order? Ooh. Which means we do Jojo Rabbit and The Lighthouse, and then followed by Parasite. <laughs> or should we do Parasite and then Lighthouse and then Jojo Rabbit and then come back to El Camino again just for the sake of it? I think it might be time for <laughs> oh, another. Let's do the entire Breaking Bad series. Another Twitter poll. Another Twitter poll. <laughs> With, but include that as an option. Should every episode from now on just be El Camino since <laughs> it came the lowest in the uh, in the series? <laughs> 
Parasite apparently is like uh, there's a lot of people writing about Parasite should be the contender for best picture. Really? Year. Yeah, and not best foreign film, but best picture. Full yeah. Stop. Uh, I mean, uh, we definitely got to talk about my favorite these. thing. Yeah, this is my favorite thing that happened uh, with Bong Joon Ho. So I'm a huge Bong Joon Ho fan. Uh, Bong Joon Ho was talking about the Oscars and and was asked, "Oh, what do you think about the chances? You know, the Oscars like being, you know, a Parasite being pushed for the Oscars." And he said, "You know, it's really funny that South Korea has never even had a film in contention for best foreign film at the Oscars." He says, "Really, when you look at it, the Oscars is a local is a local competition and not an international one." And it was it was like the most dismissive but appropriately dismissive thing. It was like, "Oh, it's great that you have this little competition here." I don't really care. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's cool. cool. That's cool. I mean, him and the viewing public mostly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, mm. we'll have you hear us next week for one of those. Uh, maybe we'll do uh, the parasite of Jojo Rabbit's lighthouse. Yeah, I think that'll be, that'll be a good mix. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.